And now, it's too late with Alan. Guys, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley. Joined, not as always, but this week, boy, we have got a goon squad for you tonight. Say hello to my friends and some of the biggest supporters of the program. It is Ryan Seifert, Lyle Durio, and Celeste Annis. Everybody, welcome to the show. Thanks, Alan. Well, you're Thank you. you're very welcome. Thank you for being here because you know this is we're kind of in a crunch. I'm I'm getting ready to leave town to go down to the Tom Woods 2000th episode thingamajigger. Which I mean, really, who celebrates having 2,000 episodes? Am I right? Like we celebrate when we have 50, 100, and 150. But some people have 2,000 episodes. So I'm really looking forward to going down there. I'm gonna see a lot of people that we all know get to get to meet in person. I know that some of you guys, because you're you're all very active in our little community here, um, so I'll I'll just go around the room so that that way our uh, our voice call here doesn't crap out on us. Um, how much do you guys? And we'll I guess we'll start with Ryan. How much do you guys get a chance to visit with with each other in person? How 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 often do you go out and meet meet these internet friends IRL? Uh, so I have twice. Um, went to see the the mm-hmm. Willemowskis, and then we went down to the Shorts house, had a little get together. Seth Davis, I mean, a lot of people were there. Then I went out to see the John Warners, John and Brooke. Um, yeah, that's about it. Two of them. Two two <laughs> whole times. What about you, Lyle? Well, uh, as you know, I've come up to see. Uh, Two live performances of your show. Bless your heart. And uh, I've met uh, <laughs> I've met Celeste and uh, lots of others. Sherry, yourself, obviously, and uh, so twice. Uh, and I look forward Celeste, to Celeste. Can you top two whole times? I can. Um, let's see. I was at the thing at the Shorts House. Mm-hmm. I've been there a couple times and seen the Willowskis and Seth. And then I've also come to your episode. So, and I'm hoping to hit more. My parents moved south, so I'm hoping to meet more Liberty now, lovers. We, sh- we should have done that, I think, I guess, when we when we first got started. So I'll go in reverse order. We're all from different, I, I guess, sort of kind of different parts of the country. Where I mean, we're, we definitely are, but, you know, the, the good people are down here in the south, I'm just going to say. So, so, Celeste, we'll start with you. What part of the country are you in? Niagara Falls, Niagara New, Falls York. New York. How are you even getting by? Aren't aren't you all locked in your houses at gunpoint right now? Mm, close to it. Um, <laughs> Canada has it worse, like ten minutes west yeah. of me. So, uh, what about you, Lyle? I am in uh, well, Prentice, Mississippi, which is. Uh, just a little bit above Louisiana, which is where I'm originally from. Now, and we're gonna we're gonna end here with Ryan, but Ryan's gonna fool you because he's gonna have a he's gonna have an accent that tells you one thing, but I, but then he's gonna tell you his geographic location is another. So, Ryan, tell us where you're from. Titletown, USA. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, <laughs> no I no, have no idea is. where that is. Oh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Now that's that's West where Johnson. you're from, but that's not where you're at right now. You're in Wisconsin. Yeah, I thought you is. were down in Florida. No, I'm in Green Bay. I'd like to be in Florida. I should be in Florida. So, 
you're the one that brought up the sports ball. So I guess we're just going to have to go there really quick. One of the big topics that was in the news this week was Chucky. Our old friend, John Gruden is out as head coach of the Oakland Raiders. No, excuse me, not Oakland, the, mm-hmm. the uh, Vegas Raiders by way of Oakland and Los Angeles. Um, Turns out that in years past, uh, a decade or more, he he wrote some emails talking about people, uh, talking about some of the owners of the league, talking about the uh, president of the NFL Players Association, and used some um, used some language language we would never use on this program, by the way. So please keep it to yourself. But he used some choice words, and it's so interesting that that happened in this particular week, uh, for two reasons. One, that this is also the week that everyone's talking about the new Dave Chappelle special that's on Netflix and and kind of what his defense of his side of the culture war was. And we'll get to that later. But also uh, talking about how the the Vegas Raiders, if I'm if I'm correct in this, actually are the only team that have an openly gay player on the roster. And I've and I've seen some people look, I'm not trying to defend Chucky. But I've seen some people saying that isn't it ironic that the only team in the league that that pays an actively gay player to be on the team is also the team that fires their coach because he said some no-no words 10 years ago. I thought actions were supposed to speak louder than words. What do you think, Celeste? Mm-hmm. But notice I go to Celeste first because we're talking about football. Uh, yeah, I didn't know about this. Oh, I didn't no. do my research, but I did watch Chappelle special, so I could be more helpful well, then. But yeah, action should speak louder. Now, than again, I, I understand that it's this wasn't this wasn't just an isolated incident. There was apparently several emails over the course of a period of time talking about a lot of powerful people that have to do with the NFL. I'll, I'll turn it over to Lyle. Lyle, do you really think that Chucky's career is ending because he said no, no words or because or because he got caught? or because he's actually a crappy coach and they were looking for an excuse, or maybe it's it's because he said bad things about the wrong people. All of the above. All of it. I mean, that today, um, we've, got, we've got the crashing of worlds, the old mm-hmm. school and the new school, um, as far as, you know, the homosexuality thing and... And of course, you know, slurs and things like that uh, can't be tolerated. If you're playing good football, it'll be tolerated as long as nobody mm-hmm. knows about it. But of course, if it comes out, they have to do something. And with a coach as as big mm-hmm. as he is, you know, it's not like it's an assistant or whatever. Um, so they, they had to do something. Um, but uh, as we know, uh, things can get swept mm-hmm. under the rug. If, you know, you're in with the right people doing the right things. Um, but I guess in this case, uh, there was there was reason to, to move on. Well, I'll, I'll let Ryan have the last word on that and then we'll move on to Chappelle. I think and Ryan, give me your perspective on this. I, my biggest issue with it. And again, I'm certainly not defending John Gruden like I, I could care less about John Gruden. Um but it seems to me, and this is kind of the opinion I have whenever, whenever these things always pop up in the news, especially in the sports world, and it is the things that he is alleged to have texted, I guess technically, didn't technically say, he emailed. These are things that I, that I feel like are probably said and done, and it's locker room talk. 
These are things that a whole bunch of people are saying and doing behind closed doors and in the locker room all the time. I mean, how many of us have ever been to a school or been to college or hung out with friends or or been out in public or been in a locker room and you hear some language like, come on, let's be honest with ourselves. The only thing different between that and this is he got caught. Yeah. And you took the words right out of my mouth. As far as mm -hmm. the locker room talk, that's exactly what it was. And one thing I found was interesting is I knew the um, the Raiders had like the only openly gay player. Why haven't we heard anything from him? Why isn't the media interviewing him and saying, hey, what do you think about mm -hmm. Schumer? It, you know, well, the thing is, is that speaking of that, because that's a good point. Um, I think Carl Nassib, I think, is the name of, of that player. Um, I, I saw other people saying, like as a joke, saying, hey, who's that Who's that gay player for the Raiders? And people saying Derek Carr. <laughs> but it's, it's not Derek Carr. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I believe it's Nassie. But, the, but, it, but that's not so much as important as it is that it, it is a good point. Is that, well, when something like this happens, well, let's talk to people who have some type of invested interest in it to see how they really feel. But you don't hear those people saying anything. Whether, whether it's because they don't have a strong opinion or perhaps their opinion doesn't exactly jive with the media narrative or they're just not being asked. But who are the opinions you do get? You get all the talking heads on ESPN. You get Stephen A. Smith. I, I saw Keyshawn Johnson. I saw Keyshawn Johnson who briefly played for John Gruden who was always buddy-buddy with John Gruden every day of his life until today. And now... He's on Twitter and on Instagram and on TikTok talking about how he always thought John Gruden was a fraud. He never liked him. Boy, isn't that convenient to say today as opposed to have said that last week? And wouldn't it be interesting to see how many charity dinners and little shindigs that, you know, they all got together and they're all buddy buddies and all of a sudden he's just worse. So, so again, speaking of, of kind of how ironic right. that this happened this particular week, I guess technically like last week going into this week is we just had the Dave Chappelle special closer and, and I'll talk a little bit more of that uh, about that special later in the show um, in the middle of, of doing our AMA that we have planned about my thoughts of just how good the special was. But I, but I, the big takeaway for me was one of the main points that Chappelle was making was, is we live, I mean, this is how cancel culture works. And that cancel culture, it's not just that it exists. It's that it's very heavily weighted to one side over the other. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. You don't see a lot of stereotypically right right of center flyover country organizations kicking out all the people they don't like but you do see it from the other side of the aisle and then sure enough you have a situation where you know John Gruden's John Gruden as a man John Gruden's actions John Gruden as a coach John Gruden for his players today none of that matters only what matters is what he emailed 10 years ago and and so Chappelle was trying to make the point of this is how they operate. It doesn't really matter who you are, or what you do or what your livelihood is. It doesn't matter what your character is. If they can catch you saying a no, no word, they will use it to attack you. So it isn't really about like. So I guess when people act that way, it isn't really about coming to some kind of mutual understanding or spreading hope and love. What it's really about is hurting my political opponents. That's what it's really about. So. So we'll turn it back over to Celeste. So you've seen Closer. 
is that is that sort of is that sort of the takeaway that you got from it or or did you have a little bit of a different impression um that's generally what i got from it too yeah i i mean i thought it was it wasn't like haha mm -hmm. funny the whole time but like i really enjoy watching how dave chappelle like weaves everything yeah. together like he's a very good storyteller. Yeah, I, I guess I'll, I guess I'll kind of go there since we we're we're right before the our first commercial break here. I'll be on. I didn't really love it. I didn't really love this. I look. I like Dave Chappelle. I've liked a lot of stuff that Dave Chappelle has done. I think he's hilarious. But I didn't really particularly like this special that much. And and what I've told people privately uh, is, it's like okay. So culturally or politically speaking, he is somewhat closer to us than, you know, Joe Biden. Okay, cool. That's fine. There's nothing wrong. I mean, that's cool. That's fine. It's nice to know that. But I, I, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a comedy homer. I really like stand up, and I really like funny comedians. And with the recent passing of Norm Macdonald, I went back and been watching all of these interviews and clips of him. And there was one interview he did in particular where he was doing it. It wasn't a comedy sketch. It was an interview. And he was talking about comedians who were trying to say things to get claps as opposed to get laughs. And that really, that man, that really stuck yeah. with me how that, that has become the norm. It used to be if you were a comedian that was up on stage to make statements as opposed to tell jokes, you'd you'd be booed off stage. No one wants no one wants they people want to laugh. They don't want to hear that crap. Now that's become much more mainstream. All the all the late night guys, for instance, on TV, all those guys are there to make statements. They're not there to tell jokes. Um, and I feel like as much as I like Chappelle, I feel like that's kind of what. That special. I mean, there was a sure there was jokes in there, but I feel like a lot of it, a lot of the risque stuff was just risque just to say it. Just oh, look what I said. But a lot of it was making statements rather than telling jokes. Does does anybody else have any thoughts on that before we take the break? Uh, yeah, it's kind of a little bit long, but <laughs> so when I saw the special, it was like three quarters of the way through it, and I'm like, man, he's just really going to town on the trans people. You know, I mean, there's. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's so much cannon fodder out there. You can go after anybody. And I didn't really understand, like, why he's going after the trans people so hard, you know, and, and, until kind of the end. And I didn't know anything about mm -hmm. it going into it, how, um, you know, like that one trans woman, you know, opened a show for, for him. And she went to every one of his shows and was like a good friend of his, you know. And then, you know, all the trans people really went hard on Dave Chappelle. And she, like, yeah. defended him online. And she just got eaten by her own and mm. ended up killing herself. So I think that's why Dave went really to town on the trans people. It's like he really resented him for, you know, for um, eating their own and, you know, I mean, driving her to suicide. Well, I get, you know, and well, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll let Lyle have the last comment and then we'll take our first break is that I guess that was kind of Chappelle's big thing. And it's kind of bringing this back full circle that, are there right of center people who act that way? Of course, of course there are. We shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't speak in such generalities. But but in my opinion, you generally don't see people who are conservative, traditional leaning culturally. For instance, maybe more culturally than politically, you don't see a lot of culturally right of center people 
who will, if somebody steps out of line, even one iota, like you can agree 99%, but if they say one thing you don't like, we got to find their name and address, y'all. We got to plaster it on social media. We got to get them fired. We got to call their employer. Like, do you, like, do you personally know anyone who's ever done anything like that in their lives? Like, it would never even occur to me to act that way. Mm-hmm. No, you handle that in-house, you know, that's within mm-hmm. your group, you handle it. That's, that's kind of the, the conservative thing. You don't put them on blast. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, you I'm... know, I grew up in a culture where you, you just sort of like a lot of people in the community generally had a really negative opinion of people who acted that way. Like it's, you can have a, you can have a negative opinion of someone because of some thing they said or did or some position they hold but you almost have a more negative opinion of the people putting them on blast as you as you put it it's like dude (laughs) like that's not how you conduct yourself if you have a problem go and address it with joe bob if you want to run to the town square to tell everyone that you don't like joe bob that actually makes people look down on you more than it does on joe bob (laughs) so Anyway, on that note, I'm going to do my damnedest here to get through the commercial break without misclicking any buttons. So, guys, we're going to be back with the meme of the week and the viewer mail right after this commercial break. Don't go Hey, uh, hey, Ryan. What time is it? What time is yes, it? Yes, Alan. Is it? Is it? Goddamn right, it is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm literally your biggest advocate. Hey, we're not getting vaccinated. <laughs> You're too stupid to make that decision. I hope you die. Boy, that's going to all over there. But we do have a bonus meme. Check out the bonus meme. The next school board meeting be like, (laughs) oh, (laughs) you know, like that's our that's our uh, Liberty Late Night get together. That's exactly that's one of you and everyone else. Yeah. Sure. You know what's funny about that that image? For yeah. I, I know that most of our audience is going to be familiar with where that comes from. That should re- like I know a lot of people are upset because they're like, "Look, man, the feds are everywhere. They're they 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 think we're all domestic terrorists, and so at all of our get-togethers, you have to be really careful. You don't know who's in the crowd." And I actually look at that image and I think this is actually a huge white pill. I'm really optimistic because look how incompetent they are. Like we're going to win. Does anyone else like do, do any of y'all have that opinion? Like when you see how just unbelievably incompetent the state is, we're like, oh, we, we'll beat these guys. No problem. <laughs> yeah. 
mean, remember the day when the FBI actually used to, you know, be like nonchalant, you know, and they could infiltrate, you know, like the actual terrorist groups and stuff. Now they're just so blatantly obvious that, I mean, even the biggest fools and buying yeah, it anymore. Exactly so. But they make up for it in numbers. That's what scares yeah. me, you know. I mean, that that is true. I mean, it's I've I, maybe it's a byproduct of whether it's foreign policy, a byproduct of drone warfare, or if it's domestic policy, a byproduct of surveillance and Fourth Amendment breaches, that they're they're leaning heavily on those things. And because they do that, they they don't really put in the groundwork anymore, if that makes sense. Maybe that's I think it's just arrogance. Oh, yeah, yeah, I def. You know, I mean, they can, they they can commit whatever crime they want, and they'll never be investigated, much less be punished for anything gonna, they do. So now they're just blatant. Guys, Adam Sakosin is going to be so upset because this is supposed to be the upbeat part of the show, and now we're getting <laughs> now we're getting into how the feds are just they're just their hubris. <laughs> uh, so before we do that, we're going to save that for the next two segments. Before we do that. Let's uh let's answer some viewer mail. Is it time for viewer mail? Uh, we're gonna start off tonight with Andrew Avery, who writes, "Dear Alan and Ryan and Celestin." Well, he he wrote that. He did. Uh, if the sign outside the restaurant says now hiring for all positions, why wouldn't let they, why wouldn't they let me apply for prone? I get it. I mean, you, you get it, but is that enough? Is it enough that you just get it? <laughs> Andrew, you're now, yeah, Andrew, you're now getting a whole screen of reaction to your pun. So there you go. Uh, Daniel Blanchett writes, uh, Dear everyone, uh, ponchos or gondolier? Ooh. Now, this is, a, this is a more personal question because here in Middle Tennessee, where we film the show, there is a Mexican restaurant named Poncho's Place. And I know that at least one person here in the crowd has been to Poncho's with me uh, because it's the greatest. Oh, two people. Two people. Not Ryan, though. Now we see who our real. Now we know who the Fed is, guys. It's Ryan. He's the only one who hasn't been to Poncho's. <laughs> so Poncho's, as we know. Hold on, I got, I got yeah. I have to make a call. As we quick. know. I can tell because yes. of his hubris. Poncho's yeah. is the greatest <laughs> restaurant ever. But in East Tennessee, there's this there's like this budget like America slash Italian restaurant named Gondolier. And Gondolier got me through college, you guys. I would not be here today if it wasn't for Gondolier. So that's that's a tough question, uh, Dan. But I'm gonna go with um, Ponchos, and and anyone who's never eaten at Ponchos really is just a piece of shit. It just really is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I get that. Um. So anyway, we're gonna move on. Jonathan Carranza writes, "Dear oh, Alan fun. and everybody, what is your favorite Chinese restaurant?" Um, I'm gonna have to turn this over to you guys because I don't actually. I don't actually eat at Chinese restaurants. Are you any China, China one. one? Anybody else? China Day. I like China Walk, but I don't usually get Chinese anymore because it has too many things that make my body act up. But 
Sometimes on Christmas, I still order from there. They have the best wonton soup. So the Chinese restaurants have cocaine in it, and Celeste can't do that anymore. What about you, Ryan? No. Big Chinese guy? I'm not I'm not vaccinated, so I can't go to Chinese restaurants. <laughs> this is the moment that people will look back this week and say, that was the moment Alan regretted doing this particular episode. Um, Lyle Durio writes, so Lyle, you don't get to answer. Perry Mason or Ben Matlock? Ooh, that's heavy. Perry Mason or Ben Matlock? I'm gonna I'm gonna give my vote for just for the memes alone. It's got to be Matlock, right? The the these these other white folk they ain't they ain't responding. Perry Mason or Ben Matlock? Perry Cuomo. TV attorneys. You don't know. Mm. You have to know Matlock. Come yeah. on. I mean, I've heard of them, but. I don't watch all those crime shows. Andy Griffith? Is that like the one with the stupid cop? Yes. Aren't they all the kind of like, Ooh. <laughs> I swear to God. This is just... We've still got like 40 minutes. All right. The answer, the answer was Ben Matlock. Uh, Eric Eli writes, Dear Alan and everybody, Given the opportunity to blast up into space and fly around the moon, or to take a deep sea dive to the deepest parts of the ocean, which would you choose? Ryan, which would you choose? I'd probably go to the moon. What about you, Celeste? I would go to the moon. The ocean is terrifying. The ocean is terrifying, but not the empty void of space. (laughs) What about you, Lyle? That's, it's really tough. Um, I would say I would go into the into the sea. Um, it's just it's you know going into space is for rich people who want poor people to die, and um, I'm just not like that. See, I mean, I feel like going to the deepest part of the ocean would be like almost expense as expensive as going to the moon. You know, if you build like a Sea Lab 2020 kind of thing to go down there and like. Hang out. I'm not John Gruden. <laughs> and I'm not Bezos. Okay. So I feel like what Lyle did here, you guys, just this is that we're going to have a meta conversation with the audience. So what Lyle did is Lyle knows he's like, I bet Alan wants to go to space because it's the correct answer. I look, I can go pat waterboard if I want to. I can't go to space. So if I, if I got to just pick one, you got to pick going to space. Not many people get to go to space. At least unless, you know, you you got a really well-designed studio from ABC in the 60s, then you can get to go to space. But not everybody gets to go to space. But so Lyle, knowing this about me, thought I'm going to I'm going to set him up for disaster by saying only only the (laughs) only the political elites get to go to space. You know what, Lyle? Here I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to add to Eric's question for those of us who really, really want to go to space. If you could press a button and it would kill one hobo randomly, but you get to go to space, would you do it? I would kill a hundred hobos. 
you would kill 100 hobos and you didn't even realize you no, were you going to space. You just do it. <laughs> yeah. Celeste, what about you? Just on the off chance I get to go to it's space. It's so terrible the way I have this set up. I need to have buttons to mute people I don't want to hear. But I don't. So, Celeste, what about you? Are you willing to kill some hobos? Anywhere between 1 and 100. No. Alright. Nope. So... Come on, they probably want to die anyways. I, I want to, I do. That's why you're the last I want to die, Celeste. I do. Um, <laughs> Alright, this next question comes from Celeste from the past, who wrote, What's the most children you've lost in one trip on the Oregon Trail? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, how many children have you lost in one trip on the Oregon Trail? You know, I have played that game, and I probably sucked at it, so probably Just all, all the children. <laughs> Humanity ceased to mm -hmm. exist. I mean, some some due to hunger. Not that they were starving, mm -hmm. but because I was hungry. Lyle, would you kill one child on the Oregon Trail to go on a deep-sea exploration? Okay. Absolutely. Celeste, it was your question. How many? How, how many young ones did you lose? Probably like seven, because I took the ferry instead of like trying to go across the river myself. If you had a ticket to go to space, but you would, but you could turn in that ticket to gain one of the lost children back. Would you turn in the ticket? No. Oh, no. so there is a there is a line to Celeste's benevolence. We just we just <laughs> fictional fictional people. What the fuck has happened here? All right, we're almost done. Uh. Clay Davis writes, Dear Alan, if your first ever live musical guest should happen to win the National Blues Challenge, would you have them back on? So our first musical guest was Jake Davis, who was front fronting for uh, JD and the Blues Machine all the way back on our episode 100. Jake has entered into this national contest, uh, the National Blues Challenge, and he won, I guess he won the regional. He's moving on to the finals or whatever in Memphis. So how how about that? I should have had Jake on tonight. He wouldn't have been talking about how many kids he homeless children he'd have to kill to go to the moon. No, I have you guys on instead. Hey, you're the one that asked. Yeah, you have the flea market. Yeah, but they're they're already dead. What can I do about it? You might as well make a buck. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's only logical. I mean, you All can't right. fault the guy. For if if the if the kid was already dead, but you could salvage its organs, is it is it morally justified to do so? I think so. I mean, no one else is deigning to answer. Right? <laughs> if you've noticed one thing, I've noticed so far in this thirty-one and a half just horrible minutes, it's that Ryan's really up for anything. We're killing hobos. Fuck it, kill him. Let's get it done. Let's do it. Let's do it today. Let's do it tonight. <laughs> At least Lyle and Celeste think about it before they pull the trigger. Yeah. Sorry, Suzanne. <laughs> Sorry, Suzanne is right. Su I should have asked Suzanne if she wanted to be a part of this. Uh, and finally <laughs> tonight, Ryan Seifert asks, Jesus, Dear Alan and Sidekick, which unbeknownst to Ryan, it was him all along. Dear dear Alan and myself, how many hamburger buns do I have to eat in one hour to get drunk? 
So you might not have known this, but hamburger buns do contain alcohol. Did did you? They're like one. Yeah, they're actually like one point three percent alcohol for a for a hamburger bun. So it's like half as much alcohol as in like a Bud Light in one hamburger bun. Well, like per, you know, by volume. So I figure I'd probably have to eat about 250 hamburger buns in an hour to get drunk. While everybody else is confused and baffled, I'm going to go ahead and answer. Mm -hmm. If a cop is asking me, it's going to be one less than what I had. Legitimate. I'm really, I want to apologize to everybody listening tonight for whatever the hell has happened here. But but I'm going to I'm going to answer your question, Ryan. I feel like that this question mm-hmm. is one of those things where it's kind of like, you know, like like people will say like how much how much cocaine do I have to do to visit Mars? And the answer is the amount of cocaine you need to visit Mars <laughs> will make you dead before you get there. So it's kind of like a trick question. I feel like this is a trick mm-hmm. question. The amount of hamburger buns you'd have to eat to get drunk has already killed you. Wait, Alan is opposed to trick questions about food items? Where's the fucking mute button on this goddamn thing? So, <laughs> uh, so all right. So, since you guys both has your opinion on the hamburger buns question, we're going to we're going to wrap up with Celeste and we're moving on to the AMA because believe it or not, this actually wasn't the AMA, y'all. We're going to move on to the AMA after this one. So, this is for Celeste. Would you get drunk on hamburger buns, potentially ending your own life before you get to Mars, to save one child on the Oregon Trail? <laughs> oh. Sure. After. Sure. Let's do it. So you're thinking too much, Celeste. You just got to like... Ryan Ryan's hands are just dripping with hobo blood and then he says oh you wanted me to kill hobos he was already doing it he was already in the game you're just you're just this is all right I gotta log on you guys the feds are on to me speaking of logging off Jesus Christ we're gonna take another commercial break and when we come back we're gonna answer the actual AMA questions even though we're like two thirds we're like two thirds of the way through the show and we haven't even gotten to it yet you know who? You know I'm not this, is? this is actually Dave Willimowski's fault because I wanted him to come on. I wanted him to come on and be the producer, but Dave and Mary got typhoid or something, and so they can't do the show. And you know what we say about that, don't you? Ooh, nobody gives a shit. On that note, we're going to be back to do the MA. If they got the Rona, they should probably just you know visit euthanasia.com. It's all over for me. <laughs> We're going to be back with the AMA right after this. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at info at alanmosley.tv.
it occurred to me just now during the commercial break that what I could do to excuse this insanity is to say, this is a Patreon subscriber special. This is, see, these guys are supporters of the show. And so one of the perks was they would get to come on and be a part of one of the, one of the episodes. And so I could make this a Patreon special where only like 10 people are going to see it and not actually put it on any of the other platforms. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So I like Patreon how the, members, Patreon members can go on and just, I like how the, the goons who are a part of this travesty are like, yeah, Alan, that's probably for the best. You should do that. But but don't go away. We're actually introducing a new segment this week. I've got all my friends here, and guys, it's a brave new world. And all of us here are on the spectrum. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. I was doing a little... Raise in the room. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a artistic representation of what Ryan just did, guys. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> and hey, and that's enthusiast. why you didn't get to be the solo producer, Ryan. That's why we have Celeste and Lyle here. Um, so we're gonna move on to the AMA portion of tonight's show. And wouldn't you know, the first question of the AMA, I'll be God. Ryan Seifert asks, do you see a peaceful path off of our rapid descent into a dystopian hellscape? So first of all, I prefer the, the phrase authoritarian hellscape. That's, that's my new thing now is if, if, if I go to McDonald's and say, Hey, can I have an extra ketchup packet? And they say, no, we can't give away an extra. Then I say, I don't even want to live in this authoritarian hellscape anymore. Um, but this this is a serious AMA, all so everybody. <clears throat> we're gonna answer these questions for real. Do you see a peaceful path off of our rapid descent into a dystopian hellscape? Um honestly, I I have a lot of friends and, and folks out there that are that are the white pilled types. They think that, you know, even though things may look bad on the surface, the fact that more people are waking up, the fact that there's more people willing to push back, that that's all a good sign. That, that that means things, it, all is not lost. I'm going to be honest. I actually don't feel that way. And I was talking to a buddy of mine before we started the show. His name is Mike. And uh, what we were talking about was, is you, you see what's going on right now, like with Southwest, for instance. And you've got some of their employees allegedly doing some sick outs and some walkouts, and that's disrupting their services and all that. And while, and while some of us from the sidelines can say, yeah, that's awesome, you know, fight the man. But at the same time, Southwest is an airliner, and the airliners always get bailed out to the tunes of hundreds of millions of dollars. If, if any of the airliners scrapes their knee... They're going to get a bailout. And so what this does, other than, I mean, obviously people like us, and, I, and, and I'll turn this over to you guys. I, I know that everybody here is anti-corporate bailout, anti-crony capitalism. But it's not just being against it. It's understanding exactly what it means. Does it mean inflating the currency and, make, and devaluing the dollar? Of course it does. Um, does, the, does it mean wealth transfer from your pockets to their pockets? Of course it does. But it's not just that. You think back to like 
the lockdowns and the mandates and all the pandemic hysteria, and you see all the data of all the all the biggies, all the WalMarts and the Amazons, boy, they're raking in the dough because they're still open. They're operating on all cylinders. But you, you little podunk studio in Columbia, Tennessee, you get to close. You get to close. You have to stay home and you don't get to make any money. Yeah, you, Lyle, you don't get to make any money. But but the Amazons and the Walmarts of the world, they get to continue on. Not only do they get to make money, they actually get to make record profits. How about that for a pandemic? And so it's really understanding just how perverse this is that not only do the biggies get to because because you know a new regulation gets passed you know a, a pandemic happens and there's a lockdown the biggies will survive and if they can't they'll get bailed out but the littlies all get to lose their houses get to lose their businesses and then to add insult to injury the littlies are having to pay taxes that is going to finance the governmentalities finance the big businesses that will put them out of business my little business has to pay taxes where a percentage of that goes to Megacorp, who puts me out of business. You're paying your slave masters for the trouble of lording over you. That's just how bad it is. What do you think, Celeste? No, Ryan, you shut the fuck up, Celeste. <laughs> this is, Technically, this was Ryan's question. Technically, this was Ryan's question, so we're going to let Celeste answer. Ryan, you don't get to answer your own question. Fair enough. Yeah, when you think about it too much, it, it's pretty soul-crushing. Like, Max and I have just been trying to stock up on everything, pay off as debt as we can, and, like, I've been trying to warn my friends, like, hey, you may want to stock up on things, and, like, my one friend actually rolled her eyes at me, and I'm just like, mm -hmm. okay. That was disheartening, like, but I don't know. I think I would really hope that there's a peaceful way out of this, but I think starvation's what's going to kill the most people when they drive us to it. And the people who aren't already learning to be self-reliant are going to be the biggest casualties, unfortunately. What, what about you, Lyle? Do you think that people don't really take things as seriously as what we were just discussing? Yes, on average, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I tend to think that we see the stuff that gets shared on Facebook and all that sort of stuff mm -hmm. on, you know, platforms like that tends to be the mm -hmm. extremes um, as far as people's mm -hmm. viewpoints. And I find, at least in my area, away from the computer, away from social media, people aren't nearly as extreme. Uh, in how they view current events and uh, whatever's in the news cycle. However, you know, I, I do think there's a reason for that. Part of it is because I, I think s sort of what we react to, we're reacting to the worst as well, which doesn't necessarily mean it's going to get as bad. Mm. Long-term, eventually, yes, maybe. Um, but it might take a while to get there. I'm an optimist, so I do think I do see the good. And I, like you mentioned earlier, you're talking about people's mm -hmm. viewpoints and how they're reacting. And, and I view it as a positive um, that people are pushing back um, because 
I know that people locally that work for smaller businesses are doing some mm -hmm. of the same things. However, um, what's the word you like yes. to use, Leviathan? Leviathan is, is large and creeping. It's not fast, but it gets there, and it gets there you know, with, with a lot of muscle. And uh, the alarming rate that Leviathan has creeped into, or maybe we're just noticing it now, into corporate America, um, it, it, it's just... I don't know. I don't know if we're going to be able to recover from that, but it is it's encouraging to see people well, trying. I I think I uh, to to build upon that and we'll move on to the next question is that a lot of people, you know, over the last 5 to 10 years, maybe not quite that far back, you you had all these people saying, you know, everyone I don't like is a Nazi. Oh, you're a fascist. Everyone I don't who disagrees with me politically, they're fascists. And of course, as we've warned in the past, is well, when every when everyone you don't like, when everyone who likes red when you like blue is a fascist, then what that means is is that those words lose all meaning. And then when actual fascists knock on your door, you're gonna be like, who's that? I don't recognize this person. And so for people at home, because history is kind of my thing, uh, a a lot of a lot of people in the history discipline would tell you that in order to win World War II, America became a fascist country to fight fascism. But as what so often happens with government programs, you, everyone's heard the phrase, there's nothing so permanent as a temporary government program, is that America didn't, didn't absolve itself of its fascist policies when the war ended. It just carried on and, and then exacerbated, grew, expanded. America, you could argue before, I mean, America was a tyrannical country before that, but I would say it really meets the definition of a fascist country post-World War II or, or in the process of World War II, and then it never really relinquished those powers. You, you had state control of industries. You had a blending of, of public and private sectors in order to enforce Leviathan's will for decades and decades and decades at this point. But to your point, Lyle, no, absolutely, people are noticing it now. If they didn't, if the type of people who maybe five or ten years ago would have said, oh, Alan, come on, this isn't literally Nazi Germany, this isn't a fascist country, I'd say, oh, yeah, but you're noticing it now, aren't you? But anything that you're noticing now, the precedent for that was laid. That's... It, uh, something we talked about very recently, not on the show, was a lot of people notice, like everyone in government's a lawyer. Yeah, you have a few doctors and different people in there, but there's a there's a very high percentage in government, a very high percentage of bureaucrats, a very high percentage of congressmen and senators, presidents, at every level of government have a background in law, and all of these people operate in a different mental space than I think a lot of us do. And they, and they operate on precedent. And law, everything is precedent. Well, we decided on Tuesday that you have to wear a blue shirt, so come Thursday, we're not having a conversation about your green shirt. We decided on Tuesday you got to wear blue. That's it. That's how precedent works. The precedents for the type of tyranny we're seeing today were laid before any of us were born. But you'd better believe if... If whether it's Joe, it might be Joe Biden today. It'll be somebody else tomorrow. Whenever they get a wild hair to institute some just ass backwards executive order, they're going to have an army of lawyers digging through law, digging through code to find. Oh well, we can justify it with this. 
Well, if you see, you know, Brown versus so-and-so in 1916, they said this, and that's our precedent to take Celeste Katz. And that's how, that's just how it goes. And they're going to, and that's going to be the, yeah, and Celeste disagrees, but that's, but that's how the precedent works. And that's exactly, I know people have seen like, well, Joe Biden wants to pass an executive order that says you all have to get the jab and they're going to do it through OSHA. They're going to use OSHA as a legislative tool, even though it's a bureaucracy, they're going to use it to legislate to enforce a jab mandate. Well, where the hell does that come from? And people say, well, wait a minute, you can't do that. And of course, people like us would say, well, why does OSHA exist? Because they're doing it. You and I can sit here and yell until we're blue in the face. You can't do that. Well, they're doing it. So. I mean, if we can back up to the like the actual definition of fascism. I mean, Mussolini defined fascism as the marriage between government mm -hmm. and corporations. So, I mean, what do we have now? Yes. It's exactly yes. what we're living under. Mm -hmm. So, whatever, you know, unconstitute, whatever, you know, mandates or executive orders or whatever the government can't impose on people, they just pass it off to the, their corporate partners, you know, just like the vaccine mandate. It's unconstitutional. The government can't do it. So then they just pass it on to the corporations to do it. I'm so yeah. glad that it's time for a commercial break and we only got through one question. And that one question was fucking Ryan's. Why did we even have an AMA <laughs> post? Welcome. So we're going to try to do... Every mm -hmm. single other question right after this commercial break. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. Well, that's the moment we've all been waiting for. Everyone can turn off the show now. So we're going to try to do the other 90% of the entire AMA as a lightning round, I guess, because we're out of time. Um, and as people who have watched Craig Ferguson know, when you're out of time, you do all the rest of the questions anyway. Uh, so next question. Andrew Avery writes, can comedy recover from the oppression of the woke culture or have we killed it completely? Um I'll, I'll let you guys answer first. I'm just going to preempt it with, there's no we to it. We didn't kill comedy. Get get them words out your mouth, Andrew. We didn't kill comedy. Somebody did, but it wasn't we. I mean, Lyle might have, but, I mean, we didn't. So, I killed it all right, so who, so, so who wants to answer first? Can comedy recover from oppression of the woke culture, or have we killed it completely? So I'm going to take the white pill here and say that, yes, comedy will recover because, I mean, it's always been tradition in comedy to, there's going to be somebody that comes along that's going to do the most controversial mm -hmm. shit. You know, I mean, you're, you're always going to have your innocent or your, you know, normal Donald bless his heart. So, yeah, it's just a matter of time before someone comes along, you know, Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's, it's tough because as we were discussing earlier with Chappelle, you can absolutely say things to just sort of demonstrate that there's no line you won't cross. And, and I applaud that mm. in, in, in the sense that a, co a comedian has to be brave. 
Um, I'll use Norm MacDonald again as an example. He had made the point uh, once that his idea of comedy was is you purposely tried to cross the line to see what audiences would stand, and then you bring it like back an inch from that point. Um, but you don't. But you don't worry so much about who you're offending and how and sort of that. It's just more. You you either get laughs or you don't. It's it's you know it's a marketplace of ideas kind of a thing. Um, but people who know me know that my 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 line in the sand thing is the language. So I use I use no no words. And my my and I've even had people believe it or not I have said no no words on this very program and then had people message me and say that that typical smug response of Alan do better. And I'm like, what do you mean do better? I, first of all, I don't, yeah, I, I don't, words? yeah, I was like, shut up, faggot. You don't tell me what to say. <laughs> so it, 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 it kind of, it kind of goes back to the <laughs> locker room talk thing from the start of the show. It's like, the, I promise you, I promise you, I'll let Celeste chime in after this. I promise you that the people who want you to get fired from your job because you said faggot, they've said faggot. 100%. <clears throat> yeah. I would say humor is a very, very, very important coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. So if anything, that will keep it going. Like there's always going to be irreverent people. And hopefully I'm always one of them. Yeah. I mean, of course, I like to, here's what I like to do. If somebody says or does something I don't, I don't approve of, I don't like, I don't try to get them canceled. I don't, I don't look up where they live. Yeah. I know I don't I don't try to get them fired I don't try to do any of that I just tell them they should kill themselves just visit yeah, euthanasia.com to get the information information the they need to make the right choice for them that's right <laughs> I just but I mean even with that it's like oh well that's self-harm you can't you can't suggest self-harm like well if Hitler were here we'd be telling him to kill himself and I'll be damned if he didn't so there you go it was a good idea all the way around. Mm -hmm. So, but I, I guess, yeah, Can't exactly. So I, I guess what I would say is, is that I think that comedy will be fine. But I think that, I think that in the same way that things ebb and flow, um, I, like you look at the retail world where there was lots of different stores. And then everyone decided, I want to go to one mega store and then be done shopping. So then you see all the super Walmarts and mega everythings. But then things change again. Those stores have huge overhead and people decide, I don't like shopping at those places that are crowded. And, you know, there's there's some kind of gang activity going on over here. And somebody called me a faggot. So I don't want to shop there anymore. And so and so now people are going back to shopping at more local and smaller boutique type shops and that's and that's fine people decide what they want to do so i think comedy in some sense is like that it was everybody has to do a netflix special and you have to be on the tonight show and you have <clears> to be in front of a million people because if you're not in front of a million people you'd might as well be in front of zero you're a nobody i think that culturally we're going back the other way now where it's you know what um like this very program like the tonight show ain't calling my ass even even if they knew who i was and even if I was that successful, they ain't hiring me to be on the night show because this very night I called people faggots. That's it. I'm done. I can't coach the Las Vegas Raiders ever again, y'all. It's over uh, for me. But I, instead of worrying yeah. about 
those people who've never watched a football <clears throat> game in their lives, whether or not they like me as a head coach, I'll just worry about the audience I do have and whether or not they like what I'm saying and doing. And if they like what I'm saying I'm doing, then that's that's good enough. And I, and I think it's important that we frame this in the context of, you know, talking about like in the mainstream media, because yeah. I mean, <clears throat> other plat anything goes, mm -hmm. you know, on the internet, anything goes. I mean, this is a prime yes. example of it. Alan up there saying yes repeatedly. Yeah, the internet. Know, so, you know, I fuck mainstream, fuck Netflix, fuck Hulu, fuck you the, know all of them. You know, the, I mean. If you want actual comedy, you can go out and seek actual comedy. You don't, you know, you don't have to go on Hulu and Netflix to find so shit that you. The like. internet is very much like that proverbial locker room we were talking about. Anything that these people are crying about, boy, it's on the internet, my friends. There, you, like, my my attitude has always been like, if I'm walking down the street and I see somebody just wailing and gnashing their teeth over, oh, someone said a no, no word. Like my my response often is, how do you live? How do you get through a day? Like, do, do you just do you just collapse into tears every five minutes because you saw or heard someone say or do something you don't like? Like, I just that can't be a good way to live. It really can't. I've wondered that same thing about people. And they just look at, you know, like some redneck or something and just fall into tears because they're wearing a real tree hat and, you know, mm. Garth Brooks shirt or some <laughs> gay shit. Some gay shit, like a Garth Brooks shirt. Am I right? <laughs> um, so <laughs> I will say, though, however, while it's great to say things like fuck Hulu and fuck Netflix, and while it's great to say, you know what, if, if they want to fight the culture war, they can go fight it over there. We're going to do what we want over here. That's all well and good. But you have to support the people who are sticking their necks out there, who are trying to do creative things and funny things and adventurous things. Um, I, I can tell you at this program, we're not exactly millionaires. And I, I have way more people <laughs> messaging us saying, I, I like what you do. I'm glad that you are kind of, you know, you do what you want. You, you have a vision for the, for the program and you carry it out and you don't care what people think. Way more people say that then give me a dollar. It's like, well, I'm 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 happy that you have that opinion, but you also need to put your money where your mouth is or we can't do this forever. And and I try to do the same thing. There's people, you know, even even all the way down to something as simple as, you know what, if you've got a little mom and pop diner down the road from you that just has the best greasiest cheeseburgers there ever was, but maybe they're a little slow. Maybe they get a little bit behind. You know, whatever. Those those are exactly the people who are really struggling in times like this. And there's way more internet warriors talking about how they wish the world was than there are going down there and buying a cheeseburger. A lot more. Right. Buy a cheeseburger. Buy a cheeseburger. Buy one for the hobo before you kill him. And it helps everybody. Because it helps Absolutely. everybody. Yes. <laughs> it helps everybody. <laughs> Um, I mean, the show's over. I mean, this is an hour program, and we just hit an hour and three seconds. So, so wow. let's just go ahead and do all the rest of the questions. We're going to go with Eric Eli writes, Do you think many relationships have been broken up because one member of the relationship refused to comply with uh, COVID guidelines or doesn't want the jab while the other licks boots? Well, we know how, how Eric feels about it. Uh, we'll, go around, we'll go around the room. Do you think yeah. a lot of relationships have ended because of 
political differences. We'll go with Lyle. Yes. Well, that's 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 sad, <laughs> Ryan. I'm sure relationships have ended for a lot less. So yes. Wow. All right. Probably last chance for a white pill, Celeste. <laughs> Yes and no. I think I think some people are really extreme with that, but I think a lot of people are just trying to, you know, when natural anarchy occurs, I have a friend group, we all go to eat, out to eat together, like they know I'm not vaccinated, they don't really bother me for not mm. wearing a mask. So, I don't know. I think that's that's kind of an extreme, but when it comes down to living together in daily life, it I don't think it happens that often, fortunately, in my experience. Well, I can't say that I personally know, like, any tight relationships that have broken up because of COVID. But I would say that's because I don't, like, I don't associate with people that are that insane. (laughs) Like, I I feel like, like, it's this is one of those questions where I feel like some people might look at us and say, well, you're all naive because you're in your little bubble. And I would say that might be true, but another word for bubble is community, and we've built our community, and we don't we don't have community with people who are insane, so that's why we don't know that many people. Um, all right, we're going to blow through these really quick. Uh, Rachel Watson Kennerly says, my local community of like-minded friends has been a godsend during the last year and a half. For folks like Fortunate, how do you recommend they find like-minded people? Uh, smoke signals. Um, Laudario writes, what are some strategi- strategies to fight corporatism and the growing... Huh? We covered it. What? Well, we some strategies it. to fight corporatism and the growing marriage between big business and state. The strategy is um, that's what your AR-15s are for. Um, Celeste Annis writes, chocolate vanilla or twist ice cream? Okay. What? Every twist. time I've ever been to a restaurant where they've got one of those machines with the three levers, yeah, I always get the twist. Yes. Mm-hmm. You get the best of, best yeah. of both worlds. An yeah. Choice. Well, there you go. Pull all the love. Last Pull one, no Sherry here. Voluntary, rest in peace, wrote, uh, goat AIDS has killed at least one person confirmed. Why is the government not mandating prophylactics for goats to keep my granny safe? Y'all, Sherry's really must have gone on a bender after leaving this program, because I have no fucking idea what that just said. She, you know, Sherry's mm-hmm. going to California. We're, that's... It's the... Yeah, she's going to be a communist wow. by the time we see her again. Right, like full fledged yeah. Maoist. Maybe she always was. Maybe the it's real communism was the things we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, because all your friends are yeah. starved to death. All my friends were killed by the hobo strangler. I, I'm still on the loose. Um. <laughs> Boy, this is this has really been something, y'all. And now I have your IP address. <laughs> you have, it's six twenty five Wilderness Trail, Columbia, Tennessee three four one. There you go. That's where you can send the donations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some cheeseburgers. I guess we should take the final commercial break because all my other finale stuff is in the other scene. So that just goes all. By the way, she says all because she was really hoping we were done. But we're not done. No. We're going to be back to wrap up the show right after this break. 
Hi guys, it's Alan here, and I want to take a moment to let you know about one of our supporters who started a new business. Laura Moreau sells 50 different health and wellness all-natural products, from weight loss, supplements, energy enhancers, body toning, longer and stronger hair, and so much more. Do you like coffee? Well, they even have coffee that'll help you drop some pounds. And who doesn't want to drop a few pounds? Go check her out at her online store at lauramoreau.itworks.com today. That's lauramoreau.itworks.com. I don't know what the fuck happened there, but like us on our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash TV. You can follow me on Twitter. It's twitter.com at TV. Subscribe to our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash TV. Also, we're on Odyssey now. You can find us at odyssey.com at TV or search It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. If you're more a listener than a watcher, you can find us on our favorite podcast platform of choice, such as Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Thanks to Anchor FM. It's anchor.fm slash TV. Made it all the way to the last goddamn segment of the show. It played the wrong bumper. I gotta get a new producer, because these goons haven't helped me a damn bit. Celeste, do you have a final thought? I didn't get to push any buttons. Well, that's because we've had women on this show push buttons before, and it just didn't work out. But to be fair, we had a man before that push buttons, and it didn't work out with him either. I'm going to have to get a Zer next, I think. Ryan, do you have a final thought? Uh, Be good to one another. Nothing really matters. We're only here for a blink of an eye. And don't start killing homos. It's a horrible addiction. What What a faggy final thought. Lyle, do you have a final thought? <laughs> love your brother, love your sister. And this I gotta tell you, I'm really happy you guys were on the show tonight. Because if you weren't, then it would have just been me sitting in here talking to a can by myself for like an hour. And, I mean, I do that the rest of the day. So, Dave, Mary, get better. And don't be gay. We clearly need your help. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much. And we will see you next week.